Welcome to the Just Ingredients Podcast. I'm Cara Lynn, and here we talk all things nourishing to the mind, body, and soul. This is a place where you can find just good ingredients to life. Organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offers plant-based nutrition made with high-quality ingredients. Each Organifi blend is science-backed to craft the most effective doses with ingredients that are organic and free of fillers and contain less than 3 grams of sugar per serving. Like Organifi green juice with essential superfoods and a clinical dose of ashwagandha. It helps reduce stress and support healthy cortisol levels or Organifi Gold, a superfood tea that supports rest and relaxation so you can wake up feeling refreshed. Each Organifi blend is easy to use by simply mixing it with water or your favorite beverage while on the go, and they don't compromise quality for taste. Organifi takes pride in offering the best tasting superfood products on the market at a price that works out to less than $3 a day. You can experience Organifi's high quality superfoods without breaking the bank. Go to www.organifi.com backsplash Carlin and use code Carlin, K-A-R-A-L-Y-N-N-E for 20% off any item in the store. That's organifi.com backsplash Carlin and code Carlin for 20% off any item. Ashley DeLello is the founder and creator of Bio-Emotional Healing, a revolutionary method based in neuroscience that helps her clients around the world finally break free from limiting beliefs, behaviors, emotional trauma, and the effects of chronic pain or illness to thrive in their lives. Despite being told by doctors she wouldn't live past her teenage years, she refused to give up and discovered the secret to rewiring the mind-body connection. She became an elite athlete, TV and Broadway star, entrepreneur, and motivational speaker. Welcome to the show, Ashley. I am so excited to have you here. I am so excited to just ask you a lot of questions because when we met the other night at the Redmond Farm event, I thought your story was fascinating. And when you were telling me your story, I'm like, I have got to have her on my podcast. So thank you for being here today. Oh, thank you for having me. I like I said to you, I'm a fan and I love what you do and what you share. And my life is definitely a testament of the things that you share. So I'm I'm honored and excited to be here. Well, I'm excited for my followers to hear your story. So tell my followers a little bit about your background and your healing journey. I say that you have two healing journeys. So let's talk about your first healing journey when you were a child. Yes, there's definitely two. And so, yeah, let's start the the first one. Um, So what's important to know because it helped save my life is i was a dancer from a very young age and um, started dancing five hours a day when i was seven and literally went from one day called the energizer bunny dancing five hours a day to waking up overnight and that was the first day of four years of fighting for my life and i had no warning signs it came out of nowhere i woke up and had a really high temperature pain in every joint and muscle And it started a journey of going to every specialist that existed at that time and doing every test and scan that existed and nobody could figure me out. And the best that I got was that I had a rare viral infection. They could see my body was dying. It was shutting down. My skin was yellow from my liver shutting down. I lost a lot of my hair. Um, I got so weak that I essentially was bedridden and had to use a wheelchair 
to get to appointments and places because I could barely have the energy some days to lift a finger. So it was very clear I was dying and my body was in uh, the fight for its life, but nobody could figure out from what. And that was the hardest part of all, which I know I'm sure a lot of your viewers have their own and you as well, just, you know, mystery stories of wanting that clarity. And I was 13 years old and one of the most challenging but defining moments of my life was I remember the doctor came in and it was one of those rooms you know that is super sterile and clean and like there's no pictures there's no color it just feels very cold and it just felt very ominous already and I just remember the environment um, of that room and then he came in and rolled up one of those stools and looked at me and said you need to accept you're not going to live past your teenage years wow so yeah, can't be more blunt than right. that. And it's crazy that I look back because he didn't stop there. He told me I would never dance again, that I would never live a normal active life, never get married, never have kids. And the sooner I accepted this, the easier it would be to come to terms with my reality. Oh my and goodness. Yeah, I didn't know what to do with that. I was 13 years old. I had this moment of like, how is this my life? How did this happen to me? And I remember looking down and my mom giving me the space to process, which was a gift at that time because I'm sure she wanted to jump in and say a lot of things. But I took this big deep breath and realized that this was a crucial moment in my life where I could take what he said and, and accept them like I was being told to or I could choose to fight against them. And I looked up at him and said, I don't accept this. Good for you. Wow, at 13 years old, that's powerful. Yeah, I, I don't know where that all came from other than I felt that my life was on the line. And that's where I credit to, I had a belief system, I think deep down inside that my life was supposed to be more than 13 years. and. I also had this determination to get back to the thing that I loved so much. And so my mom and I walked out with no answers and be, you know, went on a search for years. It took two and a half years of going to every specialist across the country and essentially they all sent me home to die. And so it was at that point where we had literally exhausted everything medically and I come from a medical family. And it's important to note that 25 years ago, functional medicine, alternative medicine was way more voodoo, you right. know, <laughs> like yes. hard to find, wasn't streamlined at all, you know, as you see so many functional doctors today. And so we really had to like go outside of what we knew and understood. And I was blessed to have a mother that was willing to do whatever to get me better. And that's when we really started to dive deeper into nutrition and supplements and other forms of medicine to really essentially help support my immune system in every possible way to fight this viral infection and give me a fighting chance. And it took another two, two and a half years to get better where I was no longer in the threat of death. And then some of those things took another decade to fully resolve. So it was a long journey. It is a long journey. But what I want my listeners to know is that you are a professional dancer. You were on So You Think You Can Dance and you overcame the odds. Yeah. 
I mean, you didn't just become a dancer, you became a professional dancer. So that's incredible. And I just have chills listening to the story, thinking about your mom, like being a mom myself, like I'm almost in tears. I'm like, your mom went through a lot. She did all that searching to find the doctors, to find the answers. I'm sure many sleepless nights trying to figure out how to save her daughter. Oh my goodness, I can't even imagine as a mom. I can't either. You know, I, I actually just did a post night because my daughter's been really sick the last five days. And every time this has happened, I just call my mom and I'm like, I don't know how you did this. And I know my daughter's going to get better, you know, but I'm like the, the unknowns. And you literally, I would not go to sleep at night because I was so afraid if I surrendered that conscious control to live, my body wouldn't make it wouldn't wake up in the morning wouldn't wake up and so there were many nights i literally willed myself to stay awake and i think of what my mom you know went through with that uncertainty and fighting she's my hero i love my mom and i can't even as a mother yes fathom what that was like for gosh four years and that's the thing that it took me a long time to realize later in life because i was such in survival mode is that I literally lived between life and death for four years and wow. teetering on that edge, which is something that no wonder, you know, which led me to my work later in life. No wonder my nervous system was wired into survival because it had to be. Right. You know? Exactly. Um, so I'm curious, did you actually find a functional medicine doctor back then? Is that I did. Yeah. He, what helped he you? helped save my life. Absolutely. Yep. He was in another state. Um, he was in Colorado. I had to go live with my grandparents and he, I literally saved myself through nutrition supplements and homeopathic medicine. And then of course the powerful mind body connection of really rewiring those belief systems and pathways and in, uh, into health, right. Versus into illness. So definitely a combination of all, but he saved my life. So were you living a healthy lifestyle and eating healthy foods before this or not really? Did you have to change your whole diet? Oh yeah. I mean, I had, I would say I didn't have a bad diet, but even back then, I don't think we were near as educated, right? Even as today, like my family had fruit loops and like the sugar cereals, you know, and I danced five hours a day and drank Gatorade thinking, you know, that was good, <laughs> you know? So but I also ate good things, right? But yes, when I got sick and I shared this story with you, really there was a paradigm shift. I was up at Primary Children's Hospital in Salt Lake City, Utah, which is an amazing hospital. But I remember they brought me down for breakfast and all my options were sugar cereals. And even at that young age with how sick I was, I remember just thinking like, this is not what my body needs right, right now. And when I, of course, went down the road of functional medicine, we were opened up to so much more of the impact of food and nutrition on the body. And literally life, um, food became life and death to me. I had to really look at food as, does this add to my immune system or does this take from my immune system? Because with where I'm at, my immune system can't do any more hits. Like I can't add any more burdens to it to process. And so my diet had to be very, very extreme at the time, right? More so than of course I live today, but because 
I really had to support my immune system as much as possible. So it was definitely an overhaul and definitely though, without a doubt, an eye-opening experience of the impact of food that you just can't deny. And, right. and I think we've talked about that. There's too many stories and too many experiences and food and what we put in our body um, absolutely matters. And that was a huge part as well of just supporting my body in its journey. When you told me that story about the sugar cereal, I did die because I was like, oh my gosh, they were trying to help your immune system or you needed to help your immune system, but yet they wanted to feed you sugar, which sugar we know impacts the immune system in a negative way. And so, yeah, I was shocked by that. And I'm hoping that hospitals are fixing their food a little bit, but I do know stories where kids go in there and they're feeding them, you know, colored jello and the sugar cereals and the chocolate milk and things like that. So hopefully right. it's changing. We can hope. I think, you know, there's been some expansion. It's slower than I think we'd all like, but it, at least there's a greater understanding. And of course, to people like your credit for sharing that message of just opening people's eyes to its impact of just the accumulation of what we're asking our bodies to do on a perpetual basis. Right. Well, okay. So did this functional medicine doctor just have you eat a lot of whole foods, fruits, yeah. vegetables, so things like that? Pretty much everything was real food, right? So everything we had to make essentially, or, or just take from the garden. So yeah, I, I had no sugar, no processed foods, obviously limited, just healthy grains, carbohydrates, just not overloading good proteins, lots of vegetables, um, fruits as well, healthy fats, right? Just essentially real whole food in a balanced way that just when I ate was giving my body nourishment and strength, you know, to support its healing. Oh, that's awesome. So then did he also have you on supplements like vitamins, I'm assuming? Absolutely. So I was on a lot of different vitamins and then homeopathy was the medicine that I took um, to help fight the viral infection and then later discovered a parasitic infection as well. And just, yeah, essentially everything was given to me to help my immune system, which is why I'm so passionate on how incredible the body is and can be when we support it. You right. know, and really what it was designed to do, which what is to heal. And, but we just have to do our part in supporting it. And it wasn't easy. I was a teenager. I literally had no sugar or anything of that nature for like six years. And it absolutely was hard and it was a sacrifice. And I had to deal with like my relationship with food in another way because I felt very deprived because it was obviously to a more extreme. Right. But at the same time, and I think everybody has to have this conversation with themselves. It was like, okay, so I can eat that and it tastes good for two minutes or what have you. But then what is the impact of it, you know, for the next day, the next hours on, on my life. And in, when I started to look at it in that way, I didn't feel so deprived because it was such a nourishing thing and a source of like love for my life and my body that I was doing. And as you know, and I know so many people, you just start feeling so much better and the quality of your life is not worth whatever, however long certain things last, especially when there's such great substitutions now. I was Way just, more that's what I was I just going to say. <laughs> I know back then there was like nothing. And now there's like all these cookbooks of 
how to make these amazing pumpkin breads and chocolate chip cookies and all these things with all whole food ingredients that are actually nourishing to the body. So I get it because 15 years ago, dealing with that depression, I just felt like, oh my gosh, what am I going to eat? Yeah. And I ate a lot of the same things over and over because it was just limited. And then of course my mom was also trying to like cook for my family, right? Because mine was extra you know, regulated because of just how strict we had to be. And so I ate a lot of the same things. I'm sure. (laughs) I'm sure. Oh, it wasn't always what I wanted to eat, but it was worth the outcome. Right. Right. Okay. So what's so incredible about you though, is you went through that healing journey. You went back to dancing. You were on, so you think you can dance and also a guest on Dancing with the Stars, correct? Yes. Okay, so you do all this professional dancing again, but then you are stricken, I guess I can say, with a second health journey that you have to go through. So tell my followers about that. Yeah, two life-altering experiences. I I thought one was enough, but yeah, everything changed again about five years ago. Um, I was blessed to have an amazing career, which was miraculous after being out of dance for six years. And literally five years ago, I was my strongest physical self. Um, And I went into my second hip surgery. I'd had one prior and gone back to my professional career eight months later. So I just expected it to be the same with my left hip. The first one was on my right. And it went completely different. And when I tried to come off my crutches and start walking again, I just knew something was wrong. And pain spread throughout my entire body. And... Um, with pain and with that type of pain and nerve pain and lack of sleep, of course, came health ramifications because of the stress your body's living in and, and the lack of sleep. So all of a sudden, I'm hearing the same thing again. I'm a chronic pain patient and that this is now my life and I need to accept this. And thankfully, I had that first journey to understand to not just accept the limitations that are very real in the moment. And they told me my nervous system had flipped a switch. And so I thought, well, if my nervous system can flip a switch into pain, I'm going to figure out how to flip it back. Good for you. I already, of course, understood the mind-body connection, but it was at that point that I dove so much deeper into neuroscience and how the brain and nervous system gets stuck Um, in whatever it is. It can be pain and health issues, but it also can be anxiety and depression and other things. Whatever gets wired over and over again becomes our default setting. Um, But this time, it's crazy. I wasn't fighting for my life, but it was absolutely so much harder because I was a mom, I was a wife, I was a business owner, and now I could my daughter was my miracle child, right? Because they said I never have kids. And she was two years old when this happened. And now I couldn't lift her. I couldn't sit her on my lap. I couldn't get on the floor and play with her. So the thing like I had prayed for my whole life, now I couldn't show up for her in the way. And I had to be you know, very careful around mom. You couldn't bump me. You know, you couldn't play with me. And it was just absolutely challenging feeling literally at moments in time. I mean, obviously it's another victory story, but I did feel like a failure as a mom and a wife. And because I was in so much pain and so limited to do everyday tasks that you feel purposeless in that moment, right? And not being able to show up for the people. So it was out of complete determination, but also desperation 
to figure out how to rewire these pain pathways because once again, I went everywhere and did everything and every type of treatment, alternative, functional, over 300 types of injections and nothing, nothing was helped, fixing me. Nothing helped the pain. No one yeah. could figure out your pain. No one could figure it out. And it's just yep, chronic I, pain every day, all day, all night. All day, all, day, all night. I and mean, there was wow. one three month period I like hadn't really actually slept. And in all honesty, I remember, and I'm grateful I have empathy for people and, and what happens with addiction, with pain, because I know what it's like to just literally want a moment of relief. And I remember one night just being like, I gotta try to get some sleep. I gotta try to sleep. And looking for one of my pain medicines from my surgery, because I'd always take a minimal possible. I like to also know what my body's doing um, and I like to be in control. But I share this because this is, I know very real for so many people. And I literally found a leftover Oxycontin from my surgery and I took it and it did nothing. Oh, wow. And that's a really scary place to be when you take such a powerful pain medicine and because mine was so nerve driven, it felt like I had drink water and wow. it's, it's a scary place to <laughs> have to that be. level of pain. And that's why I say it was, it was both determination, but also desperation to survive and to be able to live my life and show up for my family. And I just knew that this isn't where I was supposed to spend the rest of my life but it definitely was a journey and absolutely food was huge and ate very anti-inflammatory, right? To just help my body in all ways. Really this journey took me even deeper of the science and understanding just how intricately connected our mind and body are. So I know my listeners are probably wondering like, well, are you still in pain or how did you fix this pain? Yeah. So I have one area left that I am, has come so far, but I have healed the rest. And I literally had once, like, I don't know, 12 areas, 12 hugely significant areas that on their own are just absolutely defeating, right? Um, and some of those are diagnoses that have no medical cure. Like because of my hip, it also caused this um, bladder pelvic interstitial cystitis pain that they say there's lifelong diagnosis that you manage. Um, that's completely gone. Wow. Um, including everything else. So I did have one miraculous hip surgery because I was left with a hole in my hip um, from that first surgery that nothing could fix because it was structural, right? And I was blessed, it took three years, but to find one of two surgeons in the world um, to fix that. But that was a two-year recovery by itself. And I even talked to the surgeon. He's like, when you've been in pain that long, it's not enough to just fix it mechanically. You literally, and I understood that because I lived it, had to rewire the brain's perception around the area of my body because pain literally does become the default in how it communicates. And it becomes so hypersensitive and hypervigilant. And that's why it's so hard. And chronic pain is the most prevalent health issue in the world and it's still the most mysterious. And so really understanding that in order to really get free, it wasn't just the right treatment, surgery, or even food or nutrition. I had to literally rewire those neural pathways and how they communicated. So 
from someone who was diagnosed, even I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia and other things, um, to literally having one area left, which was the most neurological and highly reactive nerve area. It's pretty amazing. And I'm going to get that. that I'm going to get that too. That is really amazing. So when you talk about bio-emotional healing on your page, is this what you're talking about? How you rewired the nerves? Yes. Okay. So tell my listeners what that is exactly. Yes. So one thing that I realized is not only had I been wired into pain, but I realized that the trauma from what I'd gone through when I was younger was impacting how my body was reacting to my trauma today. Right. So I realized not only did I have to rewire these pathways now, but also their impact from my past experience, right? Because the body does nothing without purpose and it does nothing solo. It all accumulates and our nervous system has a memory of everything we've gone through. So I did so many things, not only to heal the body, but also the brain. And I realized I had PTSD, literally had been subconsciously carrying PTSD um, from my illness because of what I'd gone through and, and living in life and death. And, and that was impacting my nervous system all the time. Obviously I didn't live in fear. I went and went after my dreams, but it was impacting me as every experience in our life does. So I even did like EMDR and all these brain mapping and, and they were all helpful. But what I realized is everything I was doing was from the outside in and I had to come up with a solution from the inside out to work with my own brain and nervous system since they were the ones running the show and perpetuating the pain and the trauma and the anxiety around my body. And so that's when I took all the science with 25 years of experience that you just can't learn in a book and physically experiencing it and emotionally experiencing it, right? Cause you can't go through anything physically that doesn't then become emotional and vice versa. Things that start emotionally inevitably start impacting the body physically, right? So I thought, what is the process that I do within my own brain and nervous system on a daily basis to really rewire its hypervigilance and hypersensitivity and to finally at a deep subconscious level release the trauma around what I had experienced, which was significant and now twice in my life. And so that's where I created bioemotional healing and that's what it is. It's a, it's a process that goes through step-by-step step building a foundation to really rewire those neural pathways. And it completely started out as an effort just for me <laughs> to get free and to, to not only heal the pain and rewire those pathways, but to get free of the trauma and the anxiety and other things that I'd gone through as a child, you know, separate from my health. And because of what it did in my life, then I realized absolutely this was my purpose and to, to turn this whole experience into now helping others. And what was amazing, and that started with health and trauma, I realized no matter what, the same way pain gets wired, so does anxiety and so does limiting beliefs and so does body issues and eating issues. And in this exact same way with minor tweaks, you can rewire those neural pathways as well. That is really interesting. Well, and I find it fascinating that you're now helping people heal through this process, but I'm wondering, okay, so if I were suffering with something, maybe depression or let's say pain, how would I know that I needed to start internally versus physically? 
Like that's pretty profound that you figured out that you need to start internally. And I want to say that with the thing that I always say is you absolutely have to treat the physical body always, right? Um, Like I wouldn't be here today if I just, you know, lived off Krispy Kreme. Like I've also had to support my body, right? And it's healing pathways. But I think the blessing was as I delved into pain and understanding that all pain comes from the brain, even though it's felt in the body, it took me really deep into studying the brain and understanding that it is the command center of all our body and our thought processes. And then therefore the chemical response of emotions we have in our body that I realized, unless I address the brain, then I'm going to keep the root there that is perpetuating the pain and the trauma, right? Cause, and so I had been absolutely hypervigilant in treating my physical body my whole life um, because obviously what I went through when I was younger put me on a path of always taking care of my body that way but I realized if my brain and nervous system are stuck in a pattern of pain or trauma or anxiety no matter what I do those alarm signals have to be turned off internally. So if someone's listening to this and they're thinking oh I resonate with this but I don't know where to start where would they start? Yeah, well, I would say, because I know it seems like so overwhelming and the brain obviously um, can get very heady <laughs> and deep. I would say the best way to start, I have a free training from my website where I dive deeper just into how the brain works. Because when you can really better understand how the brain works, you're better able to see how it's working and impacting you in your life and better understand maybe where it's stuck because the brain does whatever it needs to to protect us but it gets misguided on how to best do that and so the more we understand how the brain works the more we can maybe start to see an awareness of how the brain is perpetuating our struggle but the beautiful thing about that is it means we can do something about it because it's our brain and when we can harness its incredible power to heal then what is now keeping us stuck can now set us free. So I would direct everybody. That's a great training. You just go to my website, ashleydelello.com. There's a button that says get started and it just takes you to a free training on the brain. Um, and that's going to get you started in understanding, okay, this is how maybe this is impacting me and what I can do about it. And then of course, if they feel that they want to dive deeper and into the next steps, they can schedule a free consult call with me just so I can better understand where they're at. And if I can help them and it's the right fit, then we talk about moving forward with bioemotional healing. So does it have a lot to do with your thoughts and what you tell yourself and things like that? Absolutely. And you know, thoughts, it's interesting thing and thoughts are very powerful, but they're the first step. So bioemotional healing is eight weeks and thoughts are one of the first steps, but by their no nature, are they the last step? absolutely thoughts are so powerful and we know that they create a chemical response and our cells respond accordingly to everything that we think and say and our bodies are so intelligent and so most of us have the same thoughts we always have because the brain wants to always default to what it knows and so really becoming aware and starting to listen to what we're saying on a perpetual basis and the meanings we're giving the experience and how we're communicating about our body and our belief systems around it 
are so important because the brain is wired to validate whatever we believe and our beliefs are formed by what we repeatedly think. So we absolutely have to start becoming aware of the internal dialogue, you know, that we're having over and over and over again. Bio-emotional healing can be more than just depression, anxiety, pain, because I'm thinking, well, women tell themselves all the time, like, oh, I'm fat, I'm overweight, I don't look pretty, I'm ugly. I mean, you hear women, you know, look in the mirror and just say these thoughts. So bio-emotional healing can help with that as well, right? Like body image? Absolutely. In fact, it, and that's the beautiful thing of how the brain works. I've seen that it, I've had clients all over the spectrum, um, even clients that just literally have struggled their whole life to love and accept themselves, right? And their body. And we know that has a huge ramification on your life and your health and your relationships and your, your ability to have joy and presence, right? And so that's what I love so much about the brain and this process is that no matter what it is that you struggle with, right? And whether that's making you feel like a prisoner, whether to your body or your mind, you can absolutely heal that and rewire those neural pathways and open up to change the programming for what you do want, right? It's just that the brain has been stuck for so long. We're trying to change while coming up against the brain's hardwired program. And that's why change is so hard. But when you can utilize the brain and access it and make it feel safe to let go of what it has known for decades, then you can let that go. And then the brain actually has space to rewire what you want. And it has literally no limits on what it can do and overcome. So this is fascinating to me because some women for 20, 30 years have told themselves they're fat, they're ugly, but even things like I'm depressed, I don't feel good. I'll never feel good. I don't have energy. I mean, years of this. So in eight weeks, they can retrain their brain to think differently. Absolutely. That's the thing. And I'm not saying you'll be like 100% by eight weeks, though. I also never put limits because I have had clients. In fact, I actually just worked with a licensed psychologist who in her 60s, who'd been stuck in patterns for 50 years around her body and food and at the end of the eight weeks, that was a non-issue. And what I have come to discover is that though we suffer in our life and we get stuck, we really weren't designed to stay there our whole lives. But the brain is so powerful and gets so stuck in its programming, it's really hard to overcome if there's not a process to follow and how to really change it step by step with the brain. So that it is the message of hope more than anything else because really i have seen over and over again it doesn't matter how long you've been stuck and i'll be honest with you when i first put bioemotional healing together i looked at my husband and when i knew this was literally my life's work i i looked at my husband and i said is this going to work for other people is it did it work for me because of who i am and my knowledge and like my determination and and I had those doubts at first because this was all new, right? And then over and over and again, no matter what my client was struggling with, no matter their background, their intellect, their talent, the functionalities of the brain are the same for each of us, barring like true mental illness or injury. And so when you can learn how to utilize that, 
there really are no limits and I've seen it over and over again. And that's how powerful each of us really are. And that's my message because I used to speak a lot because of my story. But now my message is I don't, I don't want you to listen to my story and be inspired. Like look at what she overcame and, but that's not me. It's you have all those capabilities. It's not just my talent or my drive. It's that I learned how to harness the brain's power and everyone can learn to do that. That's amazing. Okay. So it honestly sounds like everybody could benefit from bioemotional healing. Can teenagers, kids, adults, any age do it? Yeah, well, absolutely. The majority of my clients are adults, though I have worked as young as 16. Um, and really that's because the parents were open to looking for other avenues, right? Then these were kids you know, diagnosed with anxiety and their parents were looking for something else, right? To be able to rewire the anxiety out rather than think they have to just manage it the rest of their life, right? So usually the most people that come to me are adults because they've tried so many things and they're at a place of really being sick and tired of being stuck, right? And trying to look outside. So absolutely anyone can benefit. We all have impacts. And if we can really harness our brain's power to really live free of the experiences we've had in the past or the experiences we've had in the present and to continue to be able to process life in a, in a different way. So I utilize it with my daughter, but clearly, you know, can't talk to her in the same way as a seven-year-old that I do with an adult, but trying to teach her young how to understand how her brain works. So it's backfiring on me sometimes when she tells me no one's in control of my mind, but me, yeah, that's <laughs> <funny. tell> <laughs> but yes, it absolutely, if people are ready, it, of course it takes the work on your part, you know, cause I, I tell my clients, like, I'll show you the process and the step-by-step, -step, but I don't live inside your mind and body, right? Just like you can teach people how to feed and nourish their body, but they have to do it and people have to show up and do the consistency of that type of internal work and brain training. But when people are ready for that, then there's absolutely no reason whatsoever that they can't heal and get free of whatever's keeping them stuck. So what do you tell people that say to you, well, I've tried to tell myself positive thoughts for years and years. I've tried to have a positive mindset. That's never worked. What do you tell them? I say, yeah, you're right. Because there's more to it than just there's that. There's more to it. There's more to it. So most of what keeps us stuck and in these patterns is our subconscious. It's subconscious programs. The subconscious mind is the data bank for everything we've ever experienced in our life. And by the time we're 35, the subconscious mind controls 95 plus percent of how we think and how we feel. So affirmations and trying to tell yourself to think positively are of course more beneficial than not but they stop at the conscious mind and you're like yeah this sounds good but your subconscious mind is like yeah that's not really getting to me and that's not what i believe and that's not the truth of our patterns and so that's why people don't feel the change and that's when i realized i had to get to the subconscious mind and change that. And that's what bioemotional healing does. So that's why I was saying thoughts are the first step, but they're by no means the end step because 
we have to become aware of what we're talking about, but we have to go deeper than the conscious level because that's not what is controlling us day to day. It's our subconscious programs. So I would say it's not to their default and it's not that they don't work, but they don't get to the root of what is holding us stuck to our patterns. Okay. That makes sense because a lot of people will tell me like, I've tried affirmations for years. It doesn't help because it's sort of trendy to say like, well, we need to work on our mindset, but mm -hmm. really what does that mindset mean? And so mm -hmm. that to you, it means working on your subconscious level, which is a much deeper uh, level than just our conscious. Yes. And for some people, depending on their life experience, that might be enough. You know what I mean? And that's why some people can do affirmations and they're like, this works and like, I'm good. But for other people and with what they've gone through in their life or their traumas or their health experiences or how many years they've had anxiety or depression, like they're not going to be enough. Right. And that is important to understand because it, it's not a discredit to you. Cause I think there's sometimes like a sense of, well, then I must not be doing it right. Or how come this isn't working for me? And it's like, I want to take that sense of shame off the table because if you're not getting to the subconscious mind, then you're not getting to the root of what's keeping these patterns going. So it's not that you're failing. It's just that we have to get deeper. And your program will go step by step to get deeper. Step by step. So you don't have to figure it out because I know it's so overwhelming. It's like, how do you do this while still living your life, while still having the triggers. And that was the thing I was like, I got to figure out how to heal while still having the pain and the trauma that is triggering my stress program. Right. And that's what essentially they are. They're each of our programmed stress responses. And that's where I realized, okay, what are the step-by-steps to be able to do that while living your life? And that's why the changes are actual lasting because you are changing your brain and nervous system while still having the daily stresses and triggers that put it in its fight or flight or survival or stress response. So by working at the subconscious level, you are going to help the nervous system. Absolutely. Yep. Because the brain and the nervous system are through your life experiences have created the neural pathways and how they react and how they respond. And that becomes their default. And the body acts as the subconscious mind, because we also know the language of the brain is thoughts, but the language of the body is emotions. And so that's why too, if you're just addressing thoughts, you're leaving emotions off the table and thoughts and emotions as well are stuck in this perpetual pattern. So you have to know how to address both the mind and the body, which also is knowing how to address the thoughts and the emotions because they each anchor whatever your program stress response is in. So I'm thinking most people need this bio-emotional healing. As you're talking, I'm like, I think all of us could benefit from this. Well, we all could, right? Because we, like I said, we, we all have been impacted by our life experiences. And, and that's kind of what I had to really come to terms with is that even though I was a fighter and so resilient and I overcame great odds, they still altered my brain and nervous system. They altered into how it functioned. They put it into hypervigilance. They altered trauma and your every cell and every nerve in your body. It remembers trauma. And I couldn't just fight my way through that. I had to actually go deeper in order to actually change it. So I wasn't carrying that around with me because my professional career was riddled with injuries. 
tons and tons of injuries separate from these hip surgeries. I was constantly injured. It was super frustrating and I was constantly having to fight back to get back to my career. And at a certain point I chalked it up to, well, my body's been through a lot. so much and it had, and that was true to a point. But I also understood that these alarm signals never stopped running and it put my body in a sense of stress that really without me, of course, being conscious of amplified the impact of what I was asking of my body and therefore put me in a place of, of getting injured more easily. And so everything we've gone through in our life, even if we were a fighter and positive and we overcame, it has an impact on our brain and nervous system and being able to heal that truly allows us to get free of that experience and the trauma and now just literally step forward in, in the wisdom, right? And not have those emotional and physical scars that we're, we're carrying with us. I love that. And you say trauma, and I want to just specify for people because sometimes people think trauma as really bad abuse or life and death situations, but trauma can just be things that happened in your upbringing or emotional things that happened or an illness, you know, it can be something on a smaller level, this trauma that is causing our subconscious to think differently. It doesn't have to be these huge events in our lives. Exactly. Because the, it's how the brain perceived the event. And for kids, like certain events were very traumatizing to the brain. Right. right. And so absolutely it isn't just like this significant, you know, clearly defined, obvious trauma. If the brain was traumatized by an experience, it's trauma, right? And what's, why that's important to know also in understanding how the brain works, the brain cares most about our protection, our safety, our survival. So naturally everybody thinks, well, yeah, it cares about our physical survival, which it absolutely does. But brain imaging has shown that the brain reacts similarly to a threat to our emotional safety the same way it does to our physical safety. Right. So the brain cares just as much about your emotional state of being as it does your physical. So if you grew up just with stress in your home or arguing or just things that made you feel emotionally unsafe, that's traumatizing to the brain. Right. This is sort of random and off topic, but when you get a hair DNA analysis test and it, you pull your hair and you can see the DNA, emotions actually shows up as one of the things that the body is struggling with if it is something your body is struggling with. So, I mean, it even shows up in your DNA. So it is true. Your brain is definitely concerned about emotions. I love that you brought that up because that's the thing that I always tell my clients, like this all makes sense. Yes, but it's also all based in science right. and what we are seeing and able to understand now, which like what you just said, I mean, emotions have a significant impact um, to our brain and our body. So are there therapists out there dealing with this brain subconscious therapy? There is. And those are usually a lot of the ones that took it upon themselves to like go deeper. Most of the clients, if not all that I've worked with have gone down the traditional talk therapy route, which I mean, I dived into some as well, and I'm not saying it doesn't have its place, but depending upon the person, again, it's just not getting deep enough. But the thing about it that's important to note too, is that it's not just, and I obviously coach my clients through this experience, but it's not just, come and we do a coaching session, but it's what are you doing 
you know, because you have to change your brain and nervous system. And that's why I knew there had to be a process that people followed every day and could not only utilize through these eight weeks, but the rest of their life, right? Cause that was the whole goal is by the end of the eight weeks for my clients to not need me and right. not, even though I love them and they become my family, but the goal is for them to not have to keep seeing me for years and years and years, right? To stay afloat. The goal is for them to not only heal, but to get free, to live in their own power and capability that exists within them. Wow. What you're doing is absolutely amazing. I love that you took a hard trial in your life and have turned it into a way to help others. I just... Oh, I love people that do that. I think this world would be a better place if we all took our hard trials and, you know, did something positive with them. So thank you so much for everything that you're doing, for everything you're trying to help people with. And thank you for being here today. As we close, is there anything you want to tell my listeners about this therapy that I missed? Yes. I would just say that I know most people that feel stuck at a place of self-protection. Now you've kind of adjusted to believing that you can't change right? Because you've tried so much and your hopes have gotten up and then they failed and, and you feel like a failure and you feel like you just can't. And I want you to know that you are not the exception to being able to heal. And that again, it has nothing to do with talent or intellect, but how the brain works and you can absolutely harness it. I am living witness of that. I am living witness of my work, but also my clients who Many are very, very different from me all over the world, different faiths, different traumas, different experiences, and how the brain works is the same for each of us. And I hope after they've listened to this, that more than anything, they have hope. Oh, I love that. Well, and I was just going to ask you, I end my show with always asking people what they have found to be the best ingredient in life. So I'm wondering now if you're going to say hope. I was thinking about that because, uh, you know, and I love your podcast and love what you do. And I had all these words come to me, but it did come back to hope um, because hope fuels everything else. Hope, because I decided at 13 that I would, even in the most hopeless of situations, maintain this belief in hope. That's what drove me to do all else. It was that ultimate belief in hope that drove me to figure out bioemotional healing and that gave me the resilience and the determination and the fight and just allowed me to constantly see through a lens of possibility. I love that. Hope is so important, more so than some realize, because honestly, when I attempted suicide years ago, it was because I lost hope. It was so dark. There was nothing worth living for anymore. I'd lost that hope. So it is actually really important because there's so many people out there going through really hard times, really hard sicknesses, illnesses, health mysteries, like you said, and hope is what keeps you going. So thank you so much for sharing that. Before we close, I know people might be asking, do you still dance? What is your future? <laughs> so I, I've just recently started to move again in that way. So it's been five years. I'm walking, hiking, doing all the things that were so impossible because of my, this last little area in my neck, shoulder, nerve area. It's, it's hard to maintain a frame because I'm a ballroom dancer and, and holding my, but I've started to delve back into it. You know, 
I know with absolute determination that I will dance again. I know I'll never do it at the level or, and I don't need to, and I'm not at that stage of life. But the beauty is, is, is absolutely I miss it. And it's, it's a complete heartache to miss, to lose something that you love so much. And I've lost it twice in my life, but I have found so much love and purpose in what I do now. And I know that dance was a part of my journey, but by emotional healing was what my life was created for. So I'm so fulfilled in my work that I still will get back to dance. Absolutely. But I'm okay with it. Not ever looking the same that it once did. Well, and you do really cute little dancing things on your (laughs) Instagram. And you guys, if you don't follow her, go check out her site because I, oh my gosh, I just went down a rabbit hole on your page because it's really interesting, like seeing you in a wheelchair and with a cane and with like not being able to walk and then these physical therapy things you did and then to see you dance, like it's just amazing. So go follow her. She gives great tidbits every day as well. So besides Instagram, where can they find you? Yeah, um, so I'm on Facebook as well. Um, just started TikTok, trying to decide about that. Um, that's a whole other world. Exactly. But <laughs> you obviously from my website, ashleydl.com, but I also have started a new podcast called Body Freedom Radio um, that you can also find there and a lot of information that is going into those episodes as well as interviews, but also just me sharing about the brain and the body and my experience, but also the science behind it. So Body Freedom Radio is is also a great place to find me. Good for you for starting that podcast. I love it. <laughs> well, I admire you. It is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a venture all its own. And it's all, everything's a whole new learning experience. It is. And it's a lot of work. So thank you so much for everything you do. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Carolyn. And I love what you do. You are such a gift. And your audience, I know, are here because they're driven to take care of their health. And so if anybody comes to that free consult and they want to do by emotional healing, I want to offer to do it at half off. Oh, um, you're so nice. No, you're I just really literally nice. that just I just felt that in my heart because I know I know what it's like to suffer deeply. And I know that the world more than ever needs people to be free and to share their light and their wisdom. And I know your audience emulates that because that's who you attract. And so I just want to offer that. Thank you, Ashley, so much. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to subscribe to the Just Ingredients podcast to learn more about your health and good ingredients to life. Plus, get daily tips at just.ingredients on Instagram.